Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 49th episode of Plenty for Everyone, One Away from 50. I love it. It's about time we turn 50. Right. Nothing, nothing to be afraid of there. This is Jeff Shuck and Jen Mulholland. And as you know, we are the principals of Plenty. I'm back at home in Michigan City, Indiana. It's kind of a rainy fall day. But Jen, you're giving us a new view, which I love. You're in heart space. Yeah, I'm usually in heart space, but in the grand living room today, instead of behind my desk, which feels great, and outside all of the beautiful fall leaves of the maples and aspens are beginning to pop. So we get to experience the rainbow quilt. It's literally jaw dropping here in the fall in Park City, Utah. So it's lovely inside, but I have to say it's a little bit nicer even outside. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, and I love this view. You're still, you're now, you're really comfortable with the, the headset. If you joined us oh, yeah. a couple episodes yeah, ago, Jen, Jen went full on Houston mission control on us with a headset and microphone. And now you're just owning it at this yep. point. Yeah. Just, you know, sound quality is a high priority. So, my hair style takes a backseat to that, that. That's right. Just for you, the listener. We're actually going to be guests on a podcast tomorrow. And I saw that they want us to wear headphones. So I may have to I may have to uh, follow suit. You've blazed the trail. But we're coming off an incredible week. We just spent the week together in Park City with Sierra Hayes, our manager of experience, and 12 amazing people. And it was just fantastic. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about what we were doing there and what we took away from it. Jen, why don't you, do you want to let people know why we were, why, why we're, we're there a lot and we do amazing things every time we're there, but tell everyone a little bit about what we were doing last week. Yeah, we had the honor to host Lantern 2, which is our conscious leadership retreat for Lantern graduates. So this is a four-day experiential intensive in the beauty of Heart Space, our retreat center, um, indoors and outdoors for managers, executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, for-profit leaders who have chosen to come back after they experienced Lantern One. Um, And some have went through that experience in 2016, years and years ago, and some have been back four times to experience Lantern Two. So it was just such a yummy week, a magical week. And I think we're still reeling, processing, digesting (laughs) the feeling of what it's like to get a group of people Many of them are strangers. Many of them have become friends and chose to come back with each other after meeting at Lantern, which was so cool. But for the most part, many of them 
don't know each other at all to mm-hmm. choose to grow consciously, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, so that they can really lead themselves and others in a more aware aligned way. And it just, honestly, I don't really have the words to describe what we got to witness and guide and hold space for the transformation that happened in individuals and in the group itself, like the feeling in the room, the space that was held, the love and the connection. And if that can happen with strangers, like what, what's possible for the world? It just brings me, and I know you and Sierra, just so much hope of goodness of what's possible when we really step into choosing to see ourselves and lead with light. So there's a lot more to say, but I am just over filled with gratitude and awe, not only of what we witnessed take place for the leaders that chose to come, like their light bulb moments, their insights, their ability to really see and love themselves more fully, but to for us, like be able to live our dream and get to do this work that lights us up and brings us so much joy. So usually it takes a weekend of decompressing for sure and putting ourselves first and kind of getting filled up. But I was so filled up on Friday afternoon when we concluded and that continues to amplify. And I can can sense it's amplifying this week. So more to say, but how are you feeling about it? Well, before we go in there, I'm feeling great and I'm looking forward to talking about it. But before we go there, I want to just explain for people who are just joining us what even Lantern One is. And we don't call it Lantern One. We just call it Lantern, what it is. Yeah. And then why Lantern Two is even more special. So if you've listened to more than one episode, you've probably heard us mention Lantern. Lantern is a leadership retreat that we hold three times a year in HeartSpace where Jen is sitting, most of the work happens in that room. And like Lantern 2, it's a four-day retreat for people of all kind of backgrounds and all levels of experience, but who are curious about how to lead themselves in a more powerful and authentic way. That's the kind of the gist of it. And Lantern is a metaphor for how we talk about leadership. And as you can probably imagine, we talk about the idea that leadership is about being a light for others, but importantly, a light for oneself, that we lead ourselves in a way that if we're being authentic, we see what's great about ourselves. And we kind of use four days to walk through that, help people see that. And it ends up being a really deep, transformative experience And I would be remiss if I didn't mention there's three sessions coming up in 2024. We usually have 16 to 20 people on a session. We just opened the dates for all of them, and we'd love to have you there. So that's Lantern. Just in and of itself, it's amazing. What's really cool about Lantern, too, and what Jenna is saying is it's only open for people who went through Lantern. But because we've had Lantern going for eight years now, most of the people who end up coming to Lantern 2 haven't met each other, but they've had the same general experience at the first session. So it's just really fun for us because we have these people that we've all met 
but they haven't met each other. It's like holding a party for a bunch of really great friends who've never met. And they all speak the same language and they all went through an experience that was really profound for them, which is why they're coming back. And Jen, because we've already spent four days in conversation with them at some point in their in their lives and careers, we just have this level of trust that I think for a new client, we don't have to earn. And we have a sense of rapport and we know that they all speak kind of a similar language. So it, for us as coaches and facilitators, it lets us get into topics at such a deeper level we're not introducing topics. We're really talking through what they mean and how they're different for people. And we go really deeply into how could I be more aware of what is happening in the world around me and what's happening in my heart? And how can I align the choices I make with what I'm what I'm aware works for me? And and how can I live my life with intention instead of reacting to everything that comes my way? So it just becomes the most amazing playground for conversations. And I think like you, you know, a few days later, well, I went directly from Lantern to visit my son at college at IU and this incredible tailgate experience. And I could tell and felt like I had this glow about me. I felt more present with the people I met. I felt more interested in their story. I felt less interested in my story. I felt mm -hmm. like I didn't yeah. really have a story or need to share a story. And I know that was a direct result of being in that space, not literally heart space, but the heart spaces of all the people who were there. So yeah, more to say, I think we wanted to spend today sharing a little bit about some of the things that were so moving. And our hope is, whether you've been to Lantern or not, there are so many wonderful takeaways about how we can live our lives with, with awareness and alignment and intention. Yeah. I had a similar experience on Sunday at yoga that I think really mirrored the experience and the vibe of what occurred during the week for myself. And that was, um, I was, it was the end of class and I was in Shavasana, which is just a relaxed, quiet space, open. My hands were at my side and I didn't, I was like in another place. I was in another dimension. I was really buzzing. My heart was so open. I was drawing in the sparkly diamond light, starlight, asking to be of service. And all of a sudden, something took me out of that space. And what that was, was my pinky was brushing up against my neighbor's hand. Hmm. And all of a sudden, she reached out and held my hand. And hmm. this is a stranger. I didn't, I had met her just as that we were beginning the practice. And in this moment, two strangers holding hands in this beautiful space when then we let go and our, our pinkies were still kind of sharing and occupying this energy field and this space of deep connection without words. And then once we closed the practice, we both leaned over and gave each other a hug. And she just 
commented on my energy and she said, wow, being next to you, your, your energy, your practice, like I just wanted to bathe in it. And mm-hmm. I was feeling this deep connection with her and it just was like, wow, this is the gift. It feels like the gift of lantern, right? The lantern glow of like this connection that is beyond words, this this harmony that happens of humanity that I felt so much more connected to myself and so much more connected to others. And it manifested in a stranger, stranger place of holding hands. And that may sound totally wacky and weird to you if you're listening and not comfortable, but I think what we're, I'm pointing to and what we're talking about is, you know, oftentimes retreats really focus on a place to get to or content or having to fix yourself or having to heal or having to improve. It's not, we're not saying that like lantern doesn't do all those things, but that's not the intention. Mm -hmm. The gift that happens is so personalized to what is needed for each participant, including ourselves as the facilitators and guides, that every single lantern we take away, something that is so uniquely needed that sometimes we didn't even know we needed it until we've experienced this up-leveling of connection to ourselves, our light, our soul, our way, our purpose. And when we can do that, that's living on purpose. It's like, our leadership just rises because now we're more clear and confident with who we are, who we want to be. And we're, we're inspired to cultivate that with the people we lead. And I think that to me, I'm always mystified of the feeling that gets tapped into, even with strangers who are unconsciously seeking that same thing. So Anyway, just in relationship to the buzz and the glow, it felt yeah. amazing. You know, one of the things this past week that we were able to do is take this group to a different experience and venue. So mm-hmm. for those of you who are listening, who've been to our retreats, know this. And those of you who have not, we incorporate nature and the backdrop of the beauty and bounty that's all around in Park City to get the team, the group the company, the individual out on the trails, out in nature. And there's something about connecting to nature that helps us tune into our own nature, our own truth, our own insights. And we ended up taking the whole group to Sundance Resort, which is probably one of the most beautiful mountainscapes on the planet. It's amazing. Yeah. And we nailed it. It was like the the universe provided the perfect day with the most exquisite weather that was then followed by rain and coziness that we got to be in heart space the following days. But we took three chairlifts up to go to the highest cabin on the toppest peak to see the grandeur and the the vista. And it you can't help but be lifted up into what what's possible for yourself, what's possible for your work, what's possible for your family and your community, what's possible for your life. It's just jaw-dropping. And then we were able to walk to the waterfall and take a beautiful hike. And 
anyway, it just felt like a such a special day that created space for the conversations you're talking about to occur. And that's been our takeaway. Like less content is needed. Yeah. More yeah. space, more sacred space, more vulnerability, more trusting space, more one-on-one time, more personal reflection time is needed. And when we can create that space for ourselves and others, that's when we really tap into the muse and the the insights that are right there underneath the surface. Well, I love that you went there and I don't think we were planning to riff on this, but just briefly, since you went there, I know there are other consultants and coaches and facilitators who listen to this podcast and thank you for that. And I think one thing we continue to learn and practice well is that the people are the content. You know, the people are the curriculum. And yes, we, a lantern now looks pretty much the same as a lantern eight years ago, but there's the, the curriculum by design is really, you know, loose. You don't need a huge skeleton to hold your body together. And it's the same way. And, And I think Jen, every time we work with a corporate client, the first thing they look at is the agenda and they're worried that there's not enough stuff there. <laughs> and yeah. We always have to say there's plenty of stuff because you're bringing the stuff. And particularly now that kind of one of the maladies of the, of the current workplace seems to be people are in meetings the entire day and have no time to think or do anything. It is amazing what happens when you give people open space you know, in their day and in their surroundings and in their environment and in their hearts. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I do, and I do think it was a reminder to me of that because we went in with a very loose agenda knowing, and it was still too much. Like we still had ideas of things that we didn't get to. And if you came to Lantern 2 this past year, you'll have to wait and be surprised next year for those. (laughs) But, but it's so great because there's, Everyone is an active soul and everyone has so much to bring and we need to create room for them to do it. I think, you know, we were just processing this before we started recording, but back to the, the agenda machine that is occurring in, in business. My sense is it's, it's an unconscious grip for control. Mm. And what happens, you can understand how it happens, right? Because a lot of agendas are created because an executive is wanting to make sure the time is going to be well spent Mm. and that there's certain outcomes that are going to get or decisions that are going to get be gotten to during a time frame, right? So oftentimes agendas are created because there's an external force or reporting or an outcome that needs to happen. But from our experience, what we've been seeing is like, then there's an over-involvement where every fucking minute is like scheduled in terms of here's the subject we're talking about. Oh, and then this person has to report. And then this person has, and we need, you know, and it's just busyness. It's like it, it details that don't matter. And we're robbing the real need of conversation, of space, of reflection, of sharing, of actually critical thinking that needs to occur during a meeting or during a day workshop that gets completely robbed because we are over-architecting and we are over-controlling how it goes. Now, 
it's tremendous practice to let go and to trust that people are the wisdom, that the wisdom's in the room, people have the content. It's scary, it's vulnerable, and you have to release the control. When you do, though, it it's so freeing because we're not saying like you don't have any place to get to or there's no outcome or no intention. No, we're saying set the intention before, allow the people that are showing up to co-create and be part of manifesting the intention and trust that y'all get to that together without overscripting yeah. every every minute. And I think that's the beauty of Lantern is like there's so much space created and then we kind of read the room and respond to what's needed and go down the rabbit holes as they surface. And then we're really being responsive to what the need is for growth in that present moment. Whereas the agenda meetings that we're being asked to create or that we're witnessing kind of, it, again, it, I feel like it totally misses the opportunity to involve the people to create the solution. Yeah, there's probably a later podcast we need to do about, you know, where that comes from and how it can get turned around. I mean, I'm I'm struck that I think most managers just do what they learned, right? And they, it's from first grade, people learn that you get lectured at and then you do the work on your own somewhere outside of class. And I think that's what people's, most people's business experiences. I am... As an aside, I'm really fortunate. My kids went to a really great middle school where they did reverse classrooms. So the lectures were videoed and you watch those at home. And then when you came into class, there was interaction. And I think that's kind of the model that we advocate. But, but that's a different episode. Yes. I think this episode, there were some moments of real curriculum and we don't, you know, it's a little bit of like what happened there stays there. But there are a lot of things that are relevant to people who listen to the podcast, whether they were at Lantern 2 or not. And we, I think, wanted to surface a few of the curriculum pieces that we thought brought by, not our curriculum, curriculum pieces that were brought by people who were there that ended up being really meaningful for us. And I know you had, you wanted to start with one that was sticking with you as you woke up this morning. Yeah, one of the one of the ways we kick off any lantern or any workshop we do quite honestly is setting intention and i was really struck that one of the participants intention was to remember get back her intuition mm. and that she felt like she had lost her intuition that was so front and center and so trustworthy when she was a little girl. And she has her own way that I won't share publicly about like how she verbalized that, but it really became this conversation point of like, can you really lose your intuition ever? Like, is it really gone? It may be speaking to you in a different way. Or it may be speaking to you and you're not listening because mm -hmm. as we get older, often without realizing it, sometimes we package things in our minds. Like it, we unconsciously put constraints around how we need to see and hear things or 
it has to look this way. So when it comes in a different form, it we don't see it. <laughs> yeah. And and so it was just absolutely amazing through guided meditations and outdoor reflection that she had shared that her voice, her intuition, this recognition that it, it was always there, it is there, it's speaking to her. Mm. She can rely on it. And it and it may sound and look differently now at age, you know, I'm not sure how old she is in her late 40s or 50s versus being an 11-year-old girl. And yeah. it was so inspiring to witness that in another. And intellectually, no, you and I knew that she could never have lost her intuition. Mm-hmm. We all have that sixth sense, that instinct, that knowing that ability to see, hear, or sense in whatever way that Mm. works for us. But oftentimes our minds and age and cultural conditioning kind of beat that reliance out of us. Or it's not, it it sounds too woo-woo or it sounds weird or we don't know others that that happens to. And we know that that happens to everyone. It just sometimes takes a little bit of attunement to really trust our way of how our intuition speaks. So it just was one of those moments that also connected to my desire to help teach people how to develop trust and nuances of listening to their intuition. So found that like, actually I had been noodling on, is there a course? Is it Lumeria, our well-being retreat? Like where can we And where can I step more deeply into teaching others how to fine tune and develop their listening to their intuition? And then here we have a participant come who has literally thought she's lost that connection. And by the time we closed, she had not only had the mental insight, but the full body knowing and dialogue with her intuition that came through her meditation, literally a conversation written down with her intuition that made manifest that you can't unsee. Like once you see that, once you sense it, it's with you forever. So that was, there were so many moments, but that was one highlight that really stuck with me. And I'm so grateful to have borne witness to that. Well, and it's such a great example, I think for me of why the work's so meaningful because we see ourselves in it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we relate to the material differently every time. And in this case, this felt very personal to me because I've been having conversations at home and with you about music and my love of music and saying it's gone. It's, it's dormant. I don't know where it went. Like, I really haven't touched the piano since May. I haven't, you know, created any meditation music for us for quite a while. And and so hearing someone else talk through losing something can you lose what you have inside of you i like it was one of many times last week i realized oh i'm really just talking to myself on this one and i found it to be lovely and super helpful honestly you know two of the concepts that came up in that discussion about not just connecting to our intuition but also the idea of can we can we drop something that's a quality? Like, like, can we lose something? Like we lose a pebble on a path. 
And we talked about the idea of, of becoming, we talked about the idea of the, what we see in the, in the magic of nature that, you know, everything that is needed to become a butterfly is already in the caterpillar and everything that's needed to become a frog is already in the, in the tadpole. And that there's this architecture that we're born with. We all have intuition. Yeah. There's different things that we need to turn it on and turn it off, but we're, we're made to experience that kind of metamorphosis. And I loved that that was something that we got to touch on. And what was interesting is I think that came up, I'm forgetting the sequence, but that idea was already kind of in the ether before this person said, I want to, I want to talk about what I feel like I've left behind. Mm -hmm. Um, The other idea that came up through this conversation is I feel like so timely right now in what's happening in in business and society, which is, you know, growth happens in cycles. It doesn't happen in straight lines. And we all have periods of dormancy and rest. And, you know, the example we always use, Jen, and you used it at the beginning is the oak tree or the maple tree and how we can observe as, as, as humans, as sentient beings, we can see that being evolve and we can see how it grows in spurts and it needs time to rest and it needs time to shake all of its leaves off and then grow new ones. But we expect that we work in a straight line, right? We expect that when we work out, we always get thinner. You know, we expect that we always get stronger and we always get smarter and we, well, it doesn't happen that way, you know? We're allowed to take steps backwards. The path has twists and turns in it. And that overall idea of being gentle with ourselves, but also accepting of the many, many things that we don't get to dictate, mm-hmm. I think is a theme that really spoke to me that I feel like I need right now um, as I as I watch my kids grow up and as I watch our business grow. So I loved that. I loved both of those branches from from that topic. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of something I said to one of my close friends who was in the retreat last week at the closing. What we seek is seeking us. And there's a timing of when it meets us with grace and when we're ready to hear and when we are attuned in an alignment with that teaching, that knowing, that up-leveling or that awareness. When, But oftentimes we're kind of wired to drive. I know I am. I know you are. Like we're driven to become better, to elevate our performance, to get more, to have more, to do more. And it's so sneaky. And yet I'm finding that when I see it in another, I'm able to take that medicine for myself at a deeper level because it's, as we know, what we share, what we need to learn. But it was really that crescendo of what you're talking about, like our gene expression is able to turn on or off based on the environment. Mm -hmm. So the environment is then conducive to timing to certain places, to space, to, you know, maturity. Like there's so many things that can kind of go into what that environment looks like when your gene expression turns on or turns off. 
or your potential turns on or turns off or however you want to look at it. And I was really moved in the spirit of what you just shared with the oak tree and the, and the, the time, the changing of seasons and the ebb and flow and that it's not linear is that if that were to be true, if what we're seeking is truly seeking us and there's a timing and that we can't lose our sense of knowing, if you will, that it's there. It's just, we think we've lost it. Would we open ourselves? Would we loosen our grip? Would we take the pressure off? Would we drop the overwhelm, the mm-hmm. the feeling responsible, accountable, heavy that we actually have to put in so much work to get to another place than where we are? Mm-hmm. Because if I would, I'm, we're starting to like really digest actually the more we loosen our grip, the more we trust, the more we look for the alignment of and timing of when things happen and we trust that it will always come. Then we take the pressure off, off ourselves to having to kind of recreate and like drive and perform and do all those things that yeah. we're kind of wired to do. So that was a really, I think, human takeaway to what you were just saying metaphorically with nature. I think it's so much harder to practice. We see the change of the seasons yeah. out there all the time. We know we're kind of designed the same way. If we're not apart from that. We're connected to it. So if that were to be true, how would I really rest in a change of seasons of when I know I need to slow down or when I know I need to act? Yeah, I love that. I, and we've talked about in the podcast before, both our personal experience and as coaches, how we we talk through the concept of of kind of goal versus intention and why we're such big fans of intention. And you know, the older I get, I, I think goals are so great for so many in so many ways. But I think there's a dirty underside to goals that's that's often missed. And, and maybe it's not dirty, but it's unintended. You know, you get to a certain point in your life and you hopefully are become aware enough to realize this is where I'm at. This this is this is the point of life is to be here right now. <laughs> and I think there are times we work with kind of maybe older executives or more experienced executives that are feeling a little bit hollow because there's not a next thing to achieve. And the thing to achieve is to be comfortable being. And and so there's this juxtaposition of where goals can be really helpful in creating focus, but it's not where the action is. You know, the action is in this idea of living intentionally and acting intentionally. And I, I do find the older I get, the more I have real flashes of that and real, not flashes, I'm not finding the right word, but I feel like the veil parts, if that makes sense. And I, I see that the purpose of it all is to be here, right? And to, and I, I think I would use to describe it as the purpose is to actualize ourselves. And I, and I feel that too, but the acceptance and the joy of seeing what is here now, rather than always needing it to be different and striving to get somewhere else, I think is what I'm trying to point to. And and what ha- comes with trusting that we're right where we need to be, 
I think that's like, that to me is, is really concretizing in my body and bones that I'm accepting more that I will see what I need to see when I'm ready to see it. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this incredible invitation of trusting more. I had a vivid dream. And for those of you who know me, I've studied dream interpretation and I love and love dreams, love understanding them, the symbols. And I'm a prolific dreamer. And I often dream a lot around the full moon and new moon. And this past new moon, I had such a symbolic dream of driving a black suburban and all of us in the desert and all of a sudden the ground like just disappeared. There was an earthquake and I found myself on top of this butte, this like, if you've ever been a monument valley in Southern Utah, like this Mm. crazy outcropping of rock, a thousand feet drop. And the suburban that I was driving was on top. And the only choice I knew I was dead. Like there's no way down, down. There was no way to be saved. There was no, there was no other step to take. The only step to take was to take my hands off the wheel. Mm. And the moment I did, I started to float. And I knew as I floated back, I went into another dimension in time and space and I was held and protected. And that, Tim, that has been like this interesting symbol over the last couple of weeks where back to intuition and trusting we're right where we need to be is a few weeks before Lantern 2, I had a sense or a desire, an insight, a pull, I don't know how to describe it, that we needed to use voice to bring forth I don't know, energy, insight. We need to sing a song. And I think I mentioned it to you of like, wouldn't it be cool out of a meditation to to all sing a song, which is something that might might have been sparked in my yoga classes because yeah. Yeah. they do that. And Kelly in particular, who has been leading the classes that I take, does a lovely job doing that. And I'm always inspired in this quiet space to sing but no song landed. And I was like, I could feel myself searching. I knew we needed to do this, but I like could not land on a song. And then it just kind of vaporized. And in closing circle, one of our beautiful attendees offered a gift of a song. And she is a beautiful singer, performer. And she sang somewhere over the rainbow acapella in the circle. And it was so moving that once we completed, everybody shared, we all stood up and I asked everybody to hold hands and we all sang the song. And I'm saying this as an example of trusting that we don't have to have all the answers we can have an insight. Our intuition may guide us someplace, but when we surrender and let go, we allow the universe, the participants to co-create the solution. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier about the agenda, that even if we have the insight or the knowing or the leaning or nudge, 
doesn't necessarily mean we also need to have the solution. And I just, I'm still re- like in amazement that the song manifested that way. That yeah. it had nothing to do with me or you or Sierra picking it, a song. Right. It right. absolutely came forth in the perfect time, impeccably like scripted in the most beautiful form of a human being to be offered. And it was a song we all knew the words to. She could have sang a different song that we had no idea and it would have changed it. But somewhere over the rainbow, like who hasn't learned that as a kid? Yeah. Or maybe I'm dating myself, but I just, that it was such a highlight and a reminder of I'm a, I'm a part of this. We are all apart and there's a grand mastery and a, a muse that's at play. And when we can trust that there's something bigger that wants to manifest and we're part of that, get ready to have your mind fucking blown. Yeah. I love that. You're reminding me of this. Here's this popular reference that I think I've used before on the podcast, but one of my favorite movies and books, Contact starring Jodie Foster. What's not to love? Science fiction, Jodie Foster, Carl Sagan. I love it all. And she's riding in the spaceship that the aliens have sent the plans for. And the only thing that wasn't in the plans was a seat. But the scientists insisted that she trout, they, they bolt in this seat because it's not safe otherwise. And Jody says, like, the aliens wouldn't send us a spaceship if they wanted to, like, crash me into the dashboard, right? But she loses, she's strapped into the seat and the ride is so bumpy and frenetic and she feels like it's going to shake. And then she realizes it's totally weightless in the capsule and the only thing vibrating is the seat. And when she gets out of the seat and allows herself to unstrap and just flow, she floats weightless and the yeah. whole ride is easy. I always picture that. And, and you know, this concept comes up in a lot of things we do, this idea uh, people will say, well, are you telling me I don't need to work? Are you telling me I don't need to do anything? And are you like, I feel like I have this role. And we always come back to the the metaphor of the river. And yeah, you have a paddle, but it's easier to paddle with the current, right? And yes, we're called on to do work. Effort's optional. And I think that is the point. Like there are times that we raise our hand or that we put the paddle in the water. And even you having the insight of, oh, I think we should do a song. Well, that's your part. That's your work. But you also knew to let go of the effort and you didn't take a survey and you didn't vote for the three best songs and you didn't pass out lyric sheets. And it's just, it's just such a lovely example. And again, back to what emerges if we give space, that also happens because we give space for everyone to talk about what's present for them. And who knew that she was going to, I told you beforehand, I forgot what a, that she was even a singer, let alone what a lovely voice yeah. that she had. So, yeah. well, as, as leaders, and maybe we can conclude on this, you know, often leaders are put in a position as magic answer machines and that we have to chart the way and have to know where we're going all the time. And sometimes we do, and sometimes we have a clear vision of what that looks like and can mobilize people to follow. And other times our role is to take our hands off the wheel mm-hmm. and to trust and allow what is meant to emerge, to emerge. And the more aware you can be of the 
the nuances, the signs and signals from the people you lead. And most importantly, yourself, your soul, your wisdom, your body, like the signals that are rising within you to tell you when you are on or off course, when you're lit up or when you're like closed down. Those are all things that are the cues to great leadership, to great becoming, to living in a more open, trusting way and to the ability to even follow flow comes from that space, that choice. So that's the invitation. If you've listened to us this far (laughs) to practice this week is Mm -hmm. really tuning in to your knowing, your intuition, your wisdom, and try taking your hands off the wheel. Try looking at where can you surrender, allow, invite others in to co-create wherever you're heading or whatever you're trying to solve. Our bet is that it might be a much more enjoyable week. Mm, Lovely. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We really appreciate you being here. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today and you're enjoying the podcast, we ask you to do a few things for us. If you can give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to, it really helps us. It helps us be found by more people like you, and that helps us create more content that's inspiring and enriching for you. And if you're interested in Lantern, we invite you to go to plentyconsulting.com slash Lantern, and you can see how you can participate in this kind of conversation yourself in Heart Space in Park City, Utah. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week wherever you are, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.